Hello and welcome to the Life is Story podcast. I'm Josh Olds, and today I've got a very special guest on the line with me. It's New York Times bestselling author of You'll Get Through This, Max Licato. Uh, Max, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule, and I know you're very busy, so uh, for you to do this interview means a lot to me. Oh, thank you. Uh, now, we're here to discuss your just-released book, or at least it will be by the time this podcast airs. Uh, you'll get through this. Tell us a little bit about what the book is about. Well, You'll Get Through This is exactly that, a, a, a message of hope to uh, encourage people who are passing through tough times. Uh, it's really um, a war against despair. It's a message against despondency. Um, as a pastor now for 30 years, um, I've realized that there's something that happens to people when they pass through tough times uh, that if they're not careful, they will slide down into such a pit, they'll never come back up. Hmm. And what I wanted to do is give people a message of hope that would just encourage them and lift them up and help them out of this uh, through this season of, of difficulty. I, I based the study or the book on the life of Joseph in the Old Testament because I don't know anybody who went through as many tough times as he did, uh, but, boy, he didn't just survive. He thrived, and he had such a great understanding of how God used those tough times to to create something good. Yeah. I think the issue of pain and suffering is sort of just all-pervasive in the world. Uh, why write about it now? What made it timely in this moment? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, it's actually an idea that I've had for a long time, Josh. Um, again, just my, my my assignment in life is to be a pastor, which means that I find myself in conversations with people who are passing through tough times, hospitals, funerals, uh, counseling sessions. And for quite some time, I've felt in my own life I needed a tool, a book that would that would help people who were in these tough times, because the ones that I had uh, were either so deep and theological on the question of suffering mm-hmm. that most people couldn't understand them. I couldn't understand them, or they tend to be flippant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're gonna get. It's gonna be good. It's all good. God's good. It, it, not, they're they're they don't match up with the pain that a person is feeling. And I'm not saying that mine, this book does perfectly. I'm just saying it's my best shot at it. Um, basically, what I'm trying to help people see is we do get through things, not quickly and not without pain. But the big promise is that God can take the messes of our lives, whether we created them or whether we just inherited them. Yeah. God can take anything and he can make it into something good. Maybe not immediately, maybe not this week, uh, and maybe not even until eternity will we really understand. Uh, but this is hope that God can take, you know, just the tragedies of life and under his care and supervision turn them into something uh, that is positive and good. Yeah, and I really think that's going to be the... I don't want to say the selling point for the book, because I know you're not just trying to sell books, but that's going to be the kicker for the book, because it finds that balance between not being flippant. Because I feel like 
a lot of, a lot of people, Christians and non-Christians, someone's going through some pain. Uh, oh yeah, you'll get through this, and it just kind of seems like a platitude um, said yeah. by those who don't have to go through it. How do you feel like when we when Christians respond to evil? How do we how do we find that balance and avoid it just it being a platitude? It's one of the most difficult balances to strike, isn't it? Uh, and I, in fact, I think and I know there's a place in the book where I apologized. Because as I was writing and I said, that paragraph just sounds like a platitude. It just Mm -hmm. sounds like something that fits on a bumper sticker. Uh, At the same time, it's truth. We do get through things. Uh, And and it's hard since you can't use eye contact and you don't have the nonverbal tools of putting your arm around somebody or listening to them, you know. It, it, there's, there is a tendency that a, mess, a printed message or a, a message on the Internet can come across as shallow. So it's, it is very tough. It's a challenge. Um, I'm just praying that, uh, you know, the story of Joseph itself will serve as a useful stage uh, to prove there was evil. Joseph in his life said, at the end of his life said, you meant evil against me. Uh, but God, God intended it for good. And, and that's my message in this book. Yes, there's evil in the world. Uh, there's tough times in the world. But God, but God can take those and, and turn them into something good. Yeah. How do you hope people will respond to the book? Well, I, I hope people will respond uh, by taking a step out of despair by taking a step out of despair. If I can just talk one person off the ledge, Mm -hmm. uh, if I can just convince one person not to make matters worse by making a bad decision, uh, that's that's my goal. I'm not seeing this book as a quick fix, uh, as an overnight, (laughs) you know, one read and you've got life figured out, but, but I... I do hope to talk people away from despair. Because when we're in despair, Josh, you know this, that it, we just make bad decisions and we draw the wrong conclusions about life. Uh, but if we can just hold on to some hope, then we'll think more clearly and make better decisions and we really will get through tough times. Yeah. I feel like when people are in such you know deep pain or hurt, that it can really go two ways. Either that pain and hurt draws them closer to God, or it takes them farther away. And it seems to me like it's the job of the Christian to respond to that hurt in such a way in which they can that person can then be drawn closer to God. I think that's a great statement. I do. Uh, and, and, you know... Um, your, to your question earlier and to my concern earlier about our response coming across as shallow mm-hmm. uh, or as empty platitudes. Uh, you know, if you're in the middle of a tough time, if you're going through a hard time, uh, you want somebody to come in with hope. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if you've buried your child or you've lost your loved one, uh, you want somebody to give you some words of hope. Not arrogantly, uh, not insensitively, but boy, down deep, you're wanting somebody to come in and say, okay, I'm sorry. 
hang in there. You're going to get through it. You, you, you want it. You want it cast right, but boy, you really want it. Mm-hmm. And who's going to do it if we don't? You know, who's going to do it if if we if Christians don't? Uh, we have such a wonderful uh, worldview when it comes to suffering. I mean, uh, the, the Christian worldview says, "Yeah, life sucks, but this won't last forever." And, and God's going to use even the part that stinks for something good. You know, that's a, that's pretty that's very attractive. Josh, when you compare it to Plan B, yeah. which is there is no God, so every all our suffering is random. Uh, we're just weather vanes, you know, turned by the next storm. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's not very encouraging. I would much rather have Plan A. So our job, as you just pointed out, as Christians, is to come in with Plan A, cast it in a way that's um, that digestible. And, and and understandable, and, and do our best to give people hope. Yeah, and I think a book like this not only serves to give people hope, but it also gives an apologetic, because one of the main contentions people seem to have against the Christian faith is, oh, how, how could a loving God allow suffering? And yeah. what they don't seem to realize, every worldview has to do with this issue of suffering, and the Christian worldview is the only one that can give ultimate hope. That's a great point. That's a great point. And, um, and, and I try to tackle that in the book. It's mm-hmm. not a book. Uh, it is, it's not an apologetics on human suffering. But uh, one of the chapters that meant the most to me is one that's called, uh, is, God, is God only good when the outcome is? Yeah. Uh, what if the outcome is not good? Uh, we Christians need to be careful because sometimes we'll say, you know, my team won. God is good. Or my body was healed. God is good. And the suggestion is, well, was he not good when your team lost? Is he not good if your body's not healed? Is God only good when the outcome is? And this is a good discussion for Christians and non-Christians alike. Very much so. Uh, was there any part of the book that, as you were writing it, that struck you as especially convicting or difficult to write? There, there was a part of the book that helped me, uh, and I was surprised by this. I was surprised by the practical way that Joseph handled the uh, the famine. Uh, remember, if, mm-hmm. for, in case somebody doesn't know, he he was the son of Jacob, one of twelve sons of Jacob, sold into slavery by his brothers, ended up in Egypt, uh, working as a servant, then thrown into prison, but then shoulder tapped by Pharaoh to be prime minister. And because he told Pharaoh, hey, get ready for seven years of feast and then seven years of famine. So that's the short version of Joseph's story. When the famine hit, he was ready. He was ready. And what struck me is how practical the story of Joseph is in helping us handle major catastrophes. Uh, we love the story of Joseph because unlike the story of, Mo- of Moses or Elijah or even Abraham, they all have supernatural moments. Uh, Joseph, in fact, there's not a time in which there's a conversation between God and Joseph recorded. He's, if, if Moses is the uh, Martin Luther of the Bible, Joseph is the accountant. I mean, he's just kind of this practical guy mm-hmm. who works through problems. And, and when it came time for the famine, he said, all right, we're going to save up for seven years 
and then we'll be ready for seven years. And he just had a measurable index card size solution to the problem. And you know what, Josh? I have found that to be such a helpful bit of advice to give to people who find themselves in a difficult situation. I say, just do what Joseph did. See if you can come up with a plan, two or three things you can do, write it on the index card, put it up on the mirror, and just stay focused on that plan. Uh, because a panic, uh, you know, crisis can cause us to sacrifice the plan and not have one. So I think, yeah, to answer your question, that that was a surprising discovery for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing that I see in the story of Joseph that we may not always think about is just the issue of perseverance. Because you'll get through this, and then we read the story of Joseph, and it doesn't seem like it's a very long story to us until we realize the number of years that Joseph spent going through these ups and downs of living in the Egyptian culture. Isn't that a good point? Because uh, you can read the story of Joseph before you have breakfast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you could, it, it seems like it was all so fast. Then you stop and you realize, hey, wait a second, 10 years in servitude, two years, at least two years in prison, sold into slavery when he's 17. He doesn't see his dad until he's in his late 30s, at least, uh, oh, maybe 37. And so there's a long stretch there that he's going through what you and I are going through. And that is, hey, I don't know if, if, if I'm going to get out of this alive. I may be, I may die in this desert. I may die in this prison. And that's how struggles are. We think they're never going to end. Uh, and, 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 and what we, what we really need in those times is the belief that even though I may not be able to do anything, God still can. And He's doing something even though I cannot see it. Mm-hmm. All right, last question for you because I know that you have to get going. Uh, this is more of a personal question for me. Uh, I graduated seminary in uh, last December and have been working as a pastor, youth pastor, for the last few months and love to write. Uh, what would your advice be to someone who has a calling to write and to be a pastor? I'd say way to go, way to go. <laughs> I think I think we need good writers, Josh, people like you who have a, 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 a an appreciation for the Bible and a love for the church, but love to write. Uh, it's it's a very difficult uh, ministry sometimes. Uh, writing is hard work, and, and I sure don't position myself as a great writer, but I, I do see the value in recording messages on the written page or on the screen so that people can read them, uh, not just now, but in generations to come. And so I would encourage you, give it a go. It's harder than most people think. It requires some, you know, pretty serious tenacity. But if God has called you to be a writer, hey, congratulations. You're in the league with, you know, he called Luke to be a writer, Paul to be a writer. You know, you're in pretty good company. And he'll give you what you need. He'll give you what you need. So go at it and see what happens. All right, Max, thank you for everything. It's really been a pleasure talking with you. Hopefully we can do this again sometime. Well, you do a great interview. I really appreciate it, and I do hope we can do it again. All right, thank you.